good to go. Ready. Can you believe we're on episode eight already? Yeah. Holy crap. All right. Prairie Film Companion, episode 8.0. Take only. Here we go. He did the monster mash. Monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a joke from my electrodes. They did the monster mash. Uh, hello everyone, uh, this is Gerardo Ramos, just kidding, this is actually Kyle dressed as Gerardo Ramos, as you can see, as you can see I've got my, my airy hat, my French, oh, no. my French Star Wars shirt, which is, um, which Gerardo also has, um, I'm wearing a too large of coat for the season. You mean which I also have. You're giving yourself away, Kyle. And a uh, camera, and I'm also doing uh, my O face. Uh, across from me, we have a gay cowboy lampshade. <laughs> hey, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm Orville Peck in a, in a slapstick sitcom. <laughs> Baby. Why well, I ought to. And to my part. right, what is that? My name is really Anthony Gertz, but to my right we have—I don't know—who is this vixen and what Captain are you? Captain Yoshi Dollarama Man. Captain Yoshi Dollarama Man. Tell wow. me, tell us a little bit about your costume. Take us through the layers. I don't know if you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top, but it's all very intriguing. I'll start from the top. So I was in a rush to buy an outfit. I only had several. Into the mic. Into the mic. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is me, Edmund. <laughs> Um, I'll explain my costume. You're probably wondering what concoction um, this is, but I was in a rush to buy a costume, and I only had so much time. I was at the Dollarama, so I bought this cool hat. <laughs> For our listeners who can't see, when he squeezes the uh, flap, the hands on the pumpkin <laughs> flap open. Can you describe the outfit to the other our one's listeners? A little, yeah, let me just right. give you a visual rundown. So on yeah. top, we've got what looks to be a fuzzy pumpkin with green hands as pumpkins are want to do it's got little <laughs> flaps hanging down as if to be legs it looks a little bit more like the physiology of a frog to be honest and when edmund yeah. squeezes the feet the arm flaps open as if to say uh, high five hug this uh, orange contraption mon- uh, pumpkin thingy is sitting atop a plush yoshi head which sits atop the beautiful noggin of our very own dear sweet edmund rotea on his eyes, he's wearing what looks to be a, a visual negligee. It's like lingerie for the upper face. That's like a, a masquer- masquerade ball. That, that's a woman's mask. underwear, right? Yes. No. One of many that have like been flying his direction. Eyes mask, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. I Edmund. hope you like it, everyone. What To me, this is uh, from a scene of Fifty Shades of Pinoy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like. about a weebo who's a fun. <laughs> I like Got very, very well done, Edmund. And who is this a vexing vixen across from me, Kitty Corner? Yes. So I, for the listeners, not viewers, am dressed as the incomparable, <laughs> the eight-time Oscar-winning costume designer, extraordinaire of probably all time in Hollywood, Edith Head. Wow. Ooh. 
<laughs> Can we get an applause? Well, she was not, in fact, gunned down. She was not gunned down. In fact, she gunned people down with her costume design. Yes, she did. She was so badass. She's best known for work in Hitchcock with all of the stars. Cary Grant. Everybody who you know, top to bottom, she dressed immaculately. Oscar winner with a bob that doesn't quit, Edith Head! In continuing my Gerardo impression, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Just a little handsome. Whoa, you've, that's quite a bust. Let's see if I have a sound effect for that. <laughs> it should be. Ah. It's usually really laughed at. Wait, no, this is actually the sound effect usually that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Just laughs. <laughs> no, not that. From watching Drag Race, I. Th- I Expecting like padding. <laughs> I could. I. I just couldn't. There's so much little accoutrements. Then I just realized how away. stupid it was to expect that. So. <laughs> no, but one thing I did, if I could just gush about this for a second, I loved finding women's clothing. I went to Value Village, various thrift stores, and old men would look at me weird as I'm trying on all of these blouses, which feel amazing, <laughs> by oh. the way. Do they button the other way? They button the other way. So it's wow. so, it's like, ugh. it's like mental gymnastics, like calculus. You know why they were originally like, designed oh. like that? So that men could do them up or not. They could be done right. up for them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So then doesn't that mean that equally women can undo men's garments? I guess it works for lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Nice. But yes, I decided to go with Edith Head because I've been watching way too many Hitchcock movies and she's the goat. So How is your head? Yeah. We're about to find out, so oh, let's uh let's get Gerardo. Come on. <laughs> we have a lady in our presence. We're so sorry to our we're so sorry to our listeners. Our listener. <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> okay, so if everybody gets the costume, I'm Orville Peck. I'm gonna take this off now so I can wear my headphones. Oh yes. I should take off my earrings because uh good God. Quick costume change. Oh my god, women have Kyle, so much to do. I am so curious. What are we gonna talk about today? We are going to talk about... You mean uh, Gerardo. Well, because um, for those listening, uh, when you get the episode, uh, it would have just been Halloween, uh, but uh, we're recording this just a couple days before Halloween, so this is we're in the spooky spirit. Uh, we were going to do just horror, but I thought that was a little bit too broad. Uh, we bounced it back and forth, and we decided on science... Science fiction. Ooh, maybe hold it a little closer to you. Just He's holding up books, for listeners. Yeah. One of them is sci-fi films book provided by our own dear sweet St. Edmund Rotea. It has a picture of the Terminator on it. And then science fiction horror. Oh. So I it has you're... to be sci- And no cheating. Hereditary is not sci-fi horror. Excellent <laughs> film, but that's okay. not science fiction. Okay, so... That paranormal doesn't count. <laughs> right away, I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yeah. Before we do that, can we do a fun little exercise? I'm curious about your guys' Halloween experiences. I didn't do a lot of it growing up. Aww. I'd like to know what you guys did for Halloween or if there are any funny Halloween stories from childhood. Can we do that? Edmund first. Yeah, sure. Okay. Hello, everyone. It's Edmund in the house or <laughs> Captain Yoshi Dollarama Man. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Pinoy. You have to say Aww. it. Fifty Shades of Pinoy. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess one of my most memorable Halloween moments, um, aside from trick or treating and getting candy, 
and then later organizing it and, and picking out all the unwrapped and, and bad and cocaine laced candies oh. was um maybe uh watch sitting down um like the night before and um especially on a Friday night or Saturday and watching back to back episodes of the classic Canadian television show for kids and teenagers. Are you afraid of the dark? And I found out the music real quick. Keep talking. Keep talking. This is the second time we would have had it. And and the first (laughs) episode I ever saw was way back in probably the early nineties, where um, there's a story about a young man who finds this um, beautiful young woman dressed in 1950s clothing, and he picks her up and gives her a ride. And then, um, spoiler alert, we find out that she died on her prom night way back in the 50s. And that the young woman he picked up was a ghost. So, I'm sorry I spoiled that episode for you. And I hope you're able to fall asleep tonight. That episode had, they used the song in the still of the night. In the still of the night. You have a great memory. Yeah, like throughout the episode, because I watched it recently because I'm a loser. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All all the episodes, (laughs) if you want to watch it. But watching that as an adult, I thought, um, oh, that's, they got the rights to use that song. Yeah, and what did you you watch it on YouTube? I think it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. I don't know. Because I, don't, I, I forget is. how I watched it. Like I was really it. Yeah. curious. Yeah, it is. And and yeah. I saw that all the episodes, every season, every episode was freely available on YouTube. And I thought, hmm, is this like a, a legit like YouTube or is it like a, a pirated? But um I was really surprised. I, I was able to find like all the episodes online. I, I think it's being distributed by some other company. For free. It's got the bouncing yeah. YTV logo in the corner, <laughs> and like a bit of a oh, cut no. of like the zone. Up next, up next, but but for those of you who are curious, watch. Are you afraid of the dark? A great and show. You will be. Are you afraid of the dark men? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then um, what was that name of the Mexican TV show? Le uh, uh, Horror Mercado. Casas de la Spooky. So check that out. Check that show out too. I haven't really watched it yet. I just made that up. You're talking about the Mexican series that you showed. It's kind of like a Mexican Twilight Zone. (gasps) It's called La Hora Marcada. And it's thank you. Thank you. uh, It's like the what's Marcada? Proper hour. Directly translated, it's like the marked hour. Oh, that's spooky. The hour. So yeah. Yeah, and it's freely available on YouTube as well. Or there's episodes that have been uploaded to YouTube, but. I'm not sure if there's a quality English translation, yeah. so you might have to brush up on your Espanol, but check that show out, too. It's awesome. Wait, were, was this going into your story of childhood, or was that uh, your story oh, watching it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, okay. Uh, highlight of my Halloween youth. Did, did you do trick-or-treating much? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Canada. You grew up in Millwoods, Millwoods Edmonton? That's right. Or, did you ever use what they Killwoods. <laughs> no, it is not that dangerous. Because lots there was lots of shootings back in the late nineties, early two thousands. But now it's a lot better. But they knew each other. Yeah, it was usually <laughs> like that's what that. Whenever I hear well, about violence in Millwoods, it's always like they knew each well, other. Well, there's one guy. I'll be fine. If there's one guy who was killed in his um, driveway shoveling the snow because they mistook him for his brother. Oh yeah. So oh, wow. well, I guess oh. he was kind of known, but just the wrong sibling that they killed. It really sucks for the guy who died, and 
his brother who I'm survived. So, I'm sorry to make light of that. But um, yeah, yeah, that was. Anyways, what, what about your guys' memories? Andre Sanu. Let's go to Anthony Curtin. Oh right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. so I was raised. About you. I was raised by. Shade. A, I was raised by a very health conscious mother, and she would allow us get this to keep ten pieces of candy oh, from ten. our whole hall. Whoa! And the whole night, and we would go out a lot because the more you go out, the more likely it is that you're a- a- able to find a big chocolate bar. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. counts as one item. The big ones. So for me, <laughs> the highlight of trick or treating was one, the costume that was fun. Nice. Going out and just like having an adventure with my siblings. But yeah. but the biggest thing was coming home with my pillowcase full of candy, dumping it on my bedroom floor with my older brother Nathan, sorting it into piles like the coffee crisp would all go on one thing, the caramels yeah. would all go on one thing. Yeah. Oh you counted it. We traded. We we do as <sighs> we trade. Even oh, though we wow. knew we wouldn't get to keep our spoils which we traded to try to like i would try to amass coffee crisp and he would try to amass a crispy crunch and uh even though we yeah we only knew we'd get 10 at the end of the night which is Uh, what would happen with the rest i don't know my mom would eat it or throw it away or give it away or something like that but she was eating it but hey you can't argue with results right like you're very fit and my mom's huge now. <laughs> oh, oh no! I think your mom's not listening. Robin's a saint, and she is not huge. <laughs> She's like the mom in Gilbert Grape. <laughs> they had to install columns. <laughs> She's not. She's a wonderful woman and and very svelte. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, Gerardo. That's good. <laughs> and she's got quite a nice bosom. <laughs> oh, the cheering came out of nowhere. Okay. What about you? What about you two? Um, North side. I loved, I loved trick-or-treating. Um, most years I went as Dracula because I love Dracula. I remember um, one year when I was Dracula, not a vampire, but Dracula. Uh, my mom gelled my hair back, and she cool, said, cool. "Oh, you have to look handsome because because Dracula. That's how he gets his victims. He's handsome." Oh. And <laughs> and then, not in Bram Stoker's Dracula from two thousand two. Not sexy. Yeah, not oh, sexy. Right. <laughs> or in a, a lot, but Bella Lugosi. Mm. Um, and a few years when I was really little, I went as a, like a warlock, but I was a witch, right? Because my sister went as a witch and I wanted to be it. And that's an easy costume. Just it's like like almost like a ghost. Like you just mm. put on the black, right? Um, then first year I had like a really fancy costume in kindergarten. I went as Aladdin after he became Balin. Like, like oh, cool. Wealthy pr- really? It, it was one of those costumes cool. where it came as a kid and my mom sewed it, right? <laughs> Whoa. And, but... My favorite Halloween memory was one year, I forget which, um, when I was quite little, my parents were downstairs like watching TV and me and my sister were in my mom and dad's room like sorting our candy. Um, and it was a good year. Like we, we had like a few sorting bins we brought out for the candy. Oh, what a haul. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, and poltergeist came on on my TV and that was the first time I saw poltergeist. Like you watched the entire movie. Yeah. All poltergeist. Yes. What's your favorite part? Um, so with the soft eye, 
not favorite part, but what I really like about that movie is it's just like a normal bland house. Like it's not, it could be any house that was built in the 1980s. It's there's nothing spooky mm-hmm. about it. Like it's just so authentic. My favorite part, I don't know, the clown. The cl- I wouldn't. I I'm I'm gonna be unconventional, even though that probably is my favorite part because it's everyone's favorite part. I just love the. Uh, when they play back the footage of the the flash of light, the ghosts, and it's like these beams of light coming down the stairs, and there's that Jerry uh, Golds, I think Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, and it was all like like hand-drawn, right? Like this was before CG. Yeah, like like gel on on glass panes and stuff. Like there was no CG, right? Mm -hmm. I love that movie. The exterior of the house still stands, and it's been owned by this... um, Iranian guy for like 30 years and he's he's supposedly has no has never seen the film and, <laughs> and the interiors oh, wow. the interiors are were a set but the exterior you can like take pictures in and, and I it. feel sorry for that guy because there's probably a lot of people oh, yeah. who drop by it's kind of like the Amityville yeah. horror house yeah which they people drop they by the house day. yeah they got Iranian? rid of the eyes he was Iranian yeah so oh. yeah Iranian immigrant guy like he's an okay. he's American, but just the, in the documentary I saw, there was like oh some Iranian retiree guy. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, yeah. But nice. Okay, him. look at it. Go. No, that's Indian. <laughs> I know. That's, that's I don't Indian. think that's, that's so insensitive. Iranian. <laughs> Iranian. <laughs> Yo, man. <laughs> Perfect. Get oh, out of you, me house. You, how's your look now? Good. Good on. Get off now. <laughs> You're making <laughs> me feel very airy. I'm actually legitimately trying to do Iranian. I thought that was no, Irish. Iranian. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, those are cool stories. It's cool to hear yeah. like your childhoods. Mm-hmm. That. Um, my own was, again, I didn't do it a lot because, uh, well, growing up in like a religious household, it was evil for the longest of times. Oh, my uh, mom was like, oh no, that's like devil worship. You can't go do that. So oh. as a childhood, I, I never had it really. Um, I pretty much be at like church service eating when that was happening. <laughs> yeah. But as we were getting older, uh, my very close friend started going out more and his parents loosened up about it so he would actually go. Aww. We were kind of like preteens probably, but I remember the same thing using like pillowcases to like <laughs> stuff all the, uh, nice. the stuff in and and then and well, I'd sleep over and in the morning we'd just have like mountains and we'd be like eating candy yeah. all morning for breakfast. So it was, it was a really good sweet memory, but I don't have tons of them. So the I like hearing yours. You come to a house and they were saying, we should go giving away pop. No, after, we yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> after after just having finished the documentary about the Waste Management Center, <laughs> I, I wonder if November 1st, the lines, the conveyors are just candy wrappers. Right. Oh. That's a good point. All People, day. They're not recyclable, well, guys. It's bad no, for Don't the put them in the recycle. They're probably like super bad too. Like they don't yeah. look recyclable mm. or di- <sighs> digestible in any way. You, oh. you never like carve pumpkins when you were a little kid? No, actually, oh. we didn't do that a lot. But one one year... I, like as a kid, I rarely won anything, and I won a pumpkin from like some school competition. Mm-hmm. And my mom, in like this cool way, she didn't like. She was like, "Okay, we can carve it if you want," but she's like, "I'm gonna make a cool candy from it." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and cool she like candy. she candied the pumpkin. Oh, somehow. that's I cool. don't know how, but like it was delicious. It was like 
yeah, it was like warm and it kind of tasted like a bit of a cake. I don't know. It was just really nice. Uh, I thought you were going to say she like made you carve Jesus on it or something. Yeah. My my mom was raised Jehovah's Witness. And when she got married, moved to the suburbs, had kids, she she still kind of believed it. But like like just the general Christian stuff. But she as soon as she found out, oh, I can celebrate holidays, she threw that part out of the window. <laughs> and so she Good. loved Halloween and Christmas. Valent- Every holiday was like a big thing because she yeah. never got to do it. Ah, that's cool. Right? Wow. That's yeah. really sweet. I didn't know that about Jehovah's Witness. They can't do yeah, holidays. celebrate holidays. They can't oh, do wow. holidays except, I think, Passover and um, they no blood transfusions. Mm-hmm. So just but they can drink. They can just celebrate the boring holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Holiday. No offense to our Passover Sunday. heads. <laughs> Best Christmas song ever. So yes, thank you, gentlemen, for sharing. Thank it's you. Really, really nice to. I feel ever more bonded stories. to you three. I know. James so nice. Bond. Wow, and there and there goes our bond. <laughs> so science fiction <laughs> he farted, folks. horror. Yeah, maybe maybe just like if you could define what that means to you so science fiction horror would be basically what it is a confluence of horror so legitimately scary and or creepy themes but within a science fiction oeuvre so for example the exorcist although a lot of horror movies have kind of out of this world themes um something like the exorcist would would not be uh, science fiction horror that's paranormal Uh, In the same vein, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I would not necessarily count as horror, even though there's some spooky moments. It's just a kind of sci-fi movie, right? Mm -hmm. So in this, we're talking legitimately horror movies that are also science fiction. The kind of big one that leaps to Alien. Yes. Right? Uh, Like that's the, that sci-fi horror. That's the pillar. Scare, like Haunted House in Space, uh, Body Horror, Mutation... Yeah, got you. Got and you. Frankenstein, I think, would the first big yeah, sci-fi yeah, yeah, yeah. horror. It was a monster movie. Mm-hmm. So, I bef- before we really chew into that, I I am coming at this a bit, or what I thought was ignorant until I started making a list. Normally, I'm in the habit of like making a page a page of complicated notes. It's like a web. This this episode I made half a page. That's super complicated. And that, was, that was the extent of my knowledge. And I was thinking, like, why? I have seen horror movies, but I don't seek them out because when I'm when I'm seeking out a movie, I tend to want an experience of like insight into like. Sorry to use a cliche, pretentious term, but like the human condition. I'm like looking mm. for insight in, and and I and I tend to think that horror film scary films were like a ride because they mm-hmm. they give you this adrenaline rush and they're not really like they don't really function to like plumb the depths of the human experience but do you think that's a just just me getting in my own way so or- i i would i would say that and I, it really surprises me because i understand your perspective but i've always felt like horror movies more so than most movies explore the human condition because they often answer an uncomfortable question. And a lot of good horror movies answer a lot of a lot of uncomfortable questions. So 
the big thing, I, I think I've used this before, Carrie, uh, what if the girl we were mean to had powers, right? Um, the Exorcist, what if your child's a monster out of nowhere? Like, uh, like they, they oftentimes, I feel, answer an uncomfortable question and have so much humanity. And what's more human than fear and not knowing and... And right. the fly is, is, we'll get into that later. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I just wanted to add, too, that a lot of the sci-fi horror movies are sometimes political, social, economic, uh, like kind of a, a, this allegory for our times. Like, mm-hmm. you look at the uh, Body Snatcher film, for, um, the retur- or The Return of the Body Snatchers, where um, it came out of the 1950s, that Cold War era, that McCarthy period where... Uh, there was this American fear that they were communists, um, like living amongst them in the American population, and and therefore there's there's this red scare, and then you or you have uh, classic works of horror, like uh, Dracula, where it kind of some people uh, argue that it represents kind of the British uh, xenophobia of the time, especially of of like immigrants to England, and that Dracula is this foreigner who who will take your woman and, and do these nefarious evil things. Um, so yeah, there's certainly a reflection of the uh, current political or get out uh, economic uh, landscape. Yeah. Uh, get out, you, you know, an, another great example, you know, the African American suburban uh, urban experience and, and that fear of being arrested. Right. And uh, kind of this experiencing this form of like a, like overt or I don't know, covert racism and, uh, Kind of this uh, this exotification of one's race and then being desired. Um, yeah, the, the, there's tons of examples. So yeah, that's all I have to say. It's interesting. It's interesting yeah. that you mentioned Get Out because as soon as you said that, I thought, oh, that that one actually is. Or you brought up Get Out. Sorry. Um, no, no, no I, I, you did. did. I'm. So, it's did. hard to because <laughs> everyone's in a same, mask. Same. I know we all. Um, <laughs> so hard. So because. I thought, oh, that actually would count as science fiction as well because it involves like mm-hmm. mind blah blah spoilers, mind transference, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to maybe add to that. Um, all of this conversation sparked kind of some film studies history. I remember, um, in I can't remember what course it was, we had to read a particular article. And sorry, I'm gonna get snobby about it for a second, but uh, an article by Linda Williams who I believe was like a really good feminist who looked at film and art and kind of its representation. Um, It's called Film Bodies, Gender, whoops, hold on, I'm missing the whole title, Gender, Genre, and Excess. And without going into like gross detail about it, pun not intended, um, she contrasts three genres of video film, if you will, Um, horror, pornography, and violence. And of course, on like a surface level, there's an argument made of like just the intrigue that it is, like seeing something, the, the novelty of seeing these different things. Um, but what was more interesting was like actually an empathetic side that I found in the article where she was uh, she was actually giving a specific example and pardon, it's about to get pretty graphic and, and gross, but she was giving the example of why in pornography in particular, um, it's enticing, well, supposedly, to the watcher of this type of pornography. It's enticing mm-hmm. to watch, um, uh, to watch somebody take your ejaculate into their mouth, 
right? Mm. That specifically, she dove into. I mean, on the surface level, you're like, okay, that's that's gross. That's pretty nasty. Um, or you're into that. But she made a very good point that like, um, she theorized that, you know, something so personal and so deep and so secretive and usually looked upon as something gross to be hidden mm-hmm. is just in an act so simply accepted, right? If you have a willing partner willing to do that, as in, say, a pornographic film, it is just an open acceptance of it, right? That acceptance of that fundamental thing that you've always had to hide, right? Mm. And so that's like one example, particularly to pornography. But looking at it broader, it really, really like made me think about a lot of the things that we take in and and what we look at and, and why and in this article in particular was like phenomenal to spark that sort of intrigue. So I think on a surface level, it's because it's like, you know, it's novel, right? It's something outside of our normal experience. But on another level, it connects with something very deeply rooted in us. And unfortunately, the ejaculate is a very extreme mm. and gross example. But, you know, I think even further still, something personal and deep mm. and, and, and something maybe that we hide that we don't show everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and maybe that's the value some people find in watching a film like that um, without yeah. that ejaculation none of none of us would be here none yes. of you guys would be listening right now <laughs> well, not the that's way they're a, doing it there's a raw animalistic humanity to watching pornography and watching kind of graphic horror violence you know mm-hmm. can i say something about that mm-hmm. so in 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 what research i did for this podcast because uh, as i said i've watched a handful of horror films in fact it was a scary movie wait until dark that really sparked my love right. for movies yes. in the first place but um they did they've done like physiological studies on people watching horror films mm-hmm. and they have this thing called etp the excitation transfer process Ooh. so when you're watching a horror movie it doesn't matter that much what kind or which one mm-hmm. your 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 heart rate will go up mm-hmm. your blood pressure will go up your respiratory rate will go up mm. it is like a ride mm-hmm. right you have the same kind of physiological response as you would on a ride but having gone through that uh, adrenalized experience with a group of people always leaves people like leaving the theater i don't know how it fares with people who watch for horror films alone mm. feeling this elation because they've had this group experience and i think that's sort of unique to horror yeah because Mm. when you're watching a horror movie you're you sit stiller you 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 writhe together you Mm -hmm. you scream together you're like you're like you're like tuned to each other in a way that you aren't in um a, a a normal drama i mean i mean unless the movie's really compelling but just like it's like playing our bodies. Yeah, I, I would say I, f- I feel that comedy, if you watch a really funny movie in, in a theater, there is a bit of a, sh- a sharing experience yeah, to that. I, so I wouldn't necessarily, I personally, as someone who loves horror, like I, like I, I, I don't know if that's 100% unique to horror. Well, I, I think, you know, that's probably right. Like I don't think it's unique to horror, but of course it like manifests uniquely because it's like a scary experience but I, I think that's even stronger to the point of like why we're attracted to it again actually sorry i kind of misspoke on what the article was talking about it wasn't violence it was pardon it was um 
it was horror, pornography, and actually melodrama. Oh. So melodrama was, oh, we have to cry, you know? Uh-huh. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost uh, we, like the same uh, impulse that we have to, say, watch pornography exists in wanting to expel tears Sorrows. and also, you know, ex- be scared out of our wits, uh-huh. right? So I think I think it's any, if anything, it's, it's, uh, it's to strengthen the idea of that communal experience right. that it's like, something very unique it is it is uniquely shared uh-huh. it's, it's so crazy i would say like watching a really good horror movie in an audience like that's great because just hearing hearing like a bunch of people scream yes and right. ra- and then laugh after it you yeah. Know, like yeah laugh at themselves i i have so so i i may have shared the my my origin story so to speak like like growing up homeschooled, not watching a lot of movies, and then being part of this film club, we watched Wait Until Dark. Mm-hmm. It was a very scary movie, and it has this really jumpy climax. Mm-hmm. It's so scary, and it's so good. I had the pleasure of watching that film about five or five or eight years ago, somewhere in that range, at the Royal Alberta Museum when they were at that old building. Oh, and they had this, this beautiful old theater, and they would play old movies on Mondays. And nice. they would have a little preamble. Somebody would give a little introduction to the film, and they were showing Wait Until Dark. Mm. Wow. I was like, holy shit. That was and a it was great choice. It was one thing to watch it as kids with, in, with the, or our little film club homeschool group kids. It was a whole other b- thing to watch it with a room f- chock full of old women, mostly old women, who had <laughs> seen this movie in theaters. Wow. Oh, they're all so freaked out. They all screamed when, wow. when the, the jumpy climax happened. And then, of course, yes. All laughed. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Oh, that wow. was a magic movie experience. Audrey Hepburn in a scary movie. One more thing about or the even, science. Even watching just the collective, this is uncomfortable. Like sure. the Babadook, I don't, I think has maybe one jump scare, but I remember when I saw it, I, you could feel people being uncomfortable. Right. Like you could just feel it. Like, I don't like. I don't like this. I don't like what she's saying to the kid. Like, I just don't like it, you know? Uh Unsettled. And there's something about uh, most horror movies are played at really low frequencies. They're quiet movies generally. Mm -hmm. And that's how they build a lot of the suspense. The soundtracks even mimic this between like 20 and 50 hertz. And this is in the range of sound called infrasound, which Tom, Tom just kind of told me about. And, my roommate and this this actually like if you hear enough of this frequency it will affect your sleep you'll get like a whoa, bad sleep wow. not just because of the psychological scares because of its like effect on your body whoa this sound oh. that's trippy yeah that's i've definitely insane. felt that like yeah. with certain movies yeah mm-hmm. or there's even movies that have made me feel that and then i like definitely have a dream and i can't sleep right yeah, oh, yeah. i've been getting that with dark I've, right. i feel like the the good rating of this was a good horror movie is not how much you jumped, not how much how scared you were when you watched it, but how uneasy it is to go to bed after you've mm. seen the film for the first time. Yeah, that's that's, that's the rating. Yeah. Uh, what's the film that made you scared to go to bed recently or past? Uh, like any movie. Oh wait. Oh, um, the one that did the worst recently of the past years for me was Tourist Trap. Tourist Trap. Because it has mannequins. And as you're falling asleep, you're like, are these fucking (laughs) mannequins in here? Yeah. Yeah, mannequins at your house? No. (laughs) Okay. What do you think? Like, she probably does because she does 
you know, outfits, but <laughs> there's a bit of audio from the film Tourist Trap. Oh, it's the whole thing on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> go find it. 1979. Oh yeah, the the score is vaguely uncanny and strange. Oh, and uh, Jackie's oh. mom, not Jackie. Donna's mom from that 70s show is in it. Oh, oh that's Tanya so Roberts, cool. yeah, right? Tanya Roberts. Cool. Mm-hmm. This isn't science fiction. That's a pretty creepy oh, yeah. soundtrack. I've never heard of this film. That's crazy. I'm gonna yeah. watch it later on. So, see now, there's there's why I would seek out science fiction to get to this to where the confluence is going to happen because yeah. I, I I love science fiction with all my heart because I think that science fiction the function of it. It's just like inherently about plumbing the depths of the human experience. Okay. What would we do if we could no longer procreate children of men right. or, 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 or interplanetary stuff or, you know, if aliens invaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therein lies this interesting overlap where these these themes are, are used, but then they're used in a different way. They're used to scare us. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Alien. This is the... Pen- yeah, this- Alien's such a... Here's the great thing about Alien is, I think Ridley Scott said this about his movie. You know, it's really... It's a haunted house in space. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that movie's really no just No one can that. hear you, you yell scream. in space. <laughs> no one can hear you scream for ice cream. But... Um, <laughs> Like and if you watch that movie, it really it's really just haunted, big, scary haunted house mm. in space. It's so elegant, it's so creepy, and and that the xenomorph and alien, that's a scary fucking alien. Mm-hmm. This is like a good example of that really low frequency. Yeah. Oh, and space lends it so well to horror too, because there's so many excuses to have that low frequency hum. And this this idea of dissonance as well. The, the, yeah. When when you hear mm. a dissonant sounds. When you hear when you hear really consonant sounds that work well together, your right hemisphere lights up. When you hear dissonant sounds that don't go well together, it really it really uh, annoys your left brain. Oh. And so that actually the overstimulation of your left brain through all this dissonance can also keep you up. Yeah, Alien, Alien's great because I think I watched it really late. Probably watched it in film school because we had to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember being like, "Oh, cool, a sci-fi alien movie. I'm gonna like that." And then, like, when it gets moody and dark and they're crawling through the smoke and, like, it's you don't know what's there and it's going to pop out at any moment, it's done so well. Yeah. Like, this is brilliant horror. This is, like, better than actual horror I've seen. Yeah. Or oh, a kitty. The big... Yeah, Jonesy. Um, the first time I watched the movie in full was my family was staying with my half-brother and his family in Grand Prairie. And I slept downstairs in the living room by myself next to the VHS collection. Uh, One of the movies I watched was Volcano, which was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But then I watched Alien, like, alone as a little kid on Mm. a big screen. Great. On VHS. On VHS. But, like, widescreen VHS. The chest burster. Uh, What's it called? Chestburster. Chestburster is is all right. Face the hugger, egg, chest. the informal name of it, but the species okay. is xenomorph. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. when that thing like pops out first, mm-hmm. that's probably one like the best jump scares that like affects you, and you're just like, yeah. oh shit's going crazy yeah. now. You know, it's not just like scary, go away. You and know, it's like, uh, uh, I think Veronica Cartwright, um, the other woman on the crew, um. She so they weren't told that the I know it's kind of a famous story. They weren't told for that take that it was going to happen, mm, and right. so when it bursts out, like you, 
can tell it's they're reacting and even she screams and then after they're all trying to like set him down and you can see her reaction and you can kind of tell she's almost like oh wait like just what's going on yeah. right like like it's yeah. so sincere she's yeah what <laughs> like the way the way he's like convulsing on the, like, the table is like he's yeah. it's beyond demonic possession yeah. you know it's like it's fucked yeah. <laughs> so it's really Painful good and... at just like erupting into craziness mm-hmm. i like that what about how do you feel about the subsequent alien films aliens like alien covenant or okay so here's the thing in order these are the directors ridley scott james cameron david fincher french guy who did amelie uh and then avp was paul ws anderson who actually did he did the resident oh. evil movie not paul thomas paul <laughs> what who did um he did Wes um anderson? wow he did um <laughs> he did uh event horizon um a few other notable movies still not a great director but um fast and furious no <laughs> Maybe he did. I don't know. But so all the alien movies, they had these amazing directors. Um, Aliens, I've never really liked it that much. And I really like James Cameron, but Mm. I don't. It's not. It just feels like it's not alien. I want to go back to the haunted house. Yeah. It feels like a dumb action movie. The only thing I remember, I've I've never seen aliens, but I do remember the scene where they're riding around in that RV. Like in space, and there's that little girl, and, and Ripley, that's all, that's all Ripley, I know. <laughs> Ripley, mostly, oh, uh, mostly, mostly. Uh, Alien Three, they're on like a colony. Yeah, like and, a penal. Colony, yeah, a penal right? colony, and, and a lot of them are like fucking scout. They're British, and the fourth and one. Bald. Yeah, <laughs> and the fourth one. There's some laughable parts, but the underwater part is. They have to like swim through a part and oh. it's away from the the alien. Ca- and it's just so claustrophobic because it's oh. like, get the fuck out of the yeah, water. But they that. can't just surface because there's like a ceiling and mm. yeah. And Winona Ryder is a robot. Isn't there a, <laughs> oh, wait. I, I kind of wanted to ask is like what popped to mind when I was thinking those aliens was Starship Trooper. Uh-huh. Now, that's not really sci-fi horror, is it? No, but that's a good movie. Yeah, that's a low-key good movie. That's <laughs> an awesome movie. Oh, that, that is sci-fi, though. Right? Yeah, it's about. Oh, yeah. It's okay. really about propaganda and. Yeah. So, but not good. horror. Yeah, it's not spooky. It's not scary. Uh, the Blob. Um, the thing. The thing. We'll get to. We'll get to John Carpenter when I say it's time. <laughs> um, the Blob. The I haven't finished the original one with Steve McQueen because mm-hmm. it's his is somewhat dated even for a sci-fi movie from the 50s that you're game for but the 80s remake i just saw like a month ago mm-hmm. and they they actually hold quite true to the the original 50s one like it ends in a movie theater just like the original but the best part is we all know every horror movie from the 1980s had to have over the credits a hair metal song which <laughs> gerardo will now play for us <laughs> let's see if it comes up this is the 80s one, right? Yeah, that's the 80s one. Okay, that's just the credits. Don't. Stay here and wait for Jerry. I'm going. No, all right, all right. 
I don't think that's it. I think this is a clip. I think you have two clips playing at once. Just just play the Blob 1988 oh. theme. Yeah, sorry. I was actually playing Tourist Trap underneath <laughs> all that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> wait. The Blob. We sit here for an hour and a half waiting. <laughs> the Blob theme 1988. Although the, the 50s theme is pretty cool too. Okay, here we go. No? No, play okay, play a blob end credit song. Searching. Jamie, can you pull that up for us? God, that grill is ripped. <laughs> end. Just type in end credits. End game. There it is. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Song. Here we go, Force. Folks. The movie's just ended. Forks. <laughs> He's got the vial of purple liquid. Credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Listen to that chuggy guitar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the rest of the podcast is us just air playing his instruments. Edmund, you're singing. <laughs> there you go. Kyle, you brought this on yourself. It's good. <laughs> it is good. Uh, just wait for the chorus real quick. Here we go. Let's go. Okay, that's good. Wait, actually, humor me. Play the 1950s blob theme because that interesting contrast. Okay, 1950s, Lightning McQueen. Yeah, th that one, opening title and theme. This is Ooh, actually that, pretty it good. It looks cool. Ooh. Hey, kids. Want to go for a surf? <laughs> did you say Lightning McQueen? I did. That's the character from Cars. <laughs> that is. One of my favorite sci-fi horror And just films. wait for the chorus, too, for this one. A bomb bomb. Ooh, Edith Head would get down to this shit. <laughs> and this this was quite out of character for a horror theme from the 50s. Usually it was it was never this ironic. It was usually like, da 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 you know. You need good claps. And the lyrics are about the blob, too. You gotta, you gotta hear the lyrics. <laughs> He's a blobby, blobby, blob. <laughs> blue, 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 He's really blue. squishy and gummy. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want an Edmund rap? Edmund, throw it, go! Wait, here, it's coming, it's coming. Beware of the blob. This is groovy. Beware of the blob. I love when you hear songs like that, and I just love thinking about the particular sounds. Like they're in a studio, being like, "Okay, Steve, we yeah. almost got the pop, but can you can you just just do it?" <laughs> oh no, that yeah. was a little too wet, Steve. We're gonna have to like, take four. <laughs> that was, those are great. And yeah. it opens Whoa. with like a like a 
Oh, oh, Bobby, I don't know. Wait, what's that in the sky? <laughs> like, and they're at a c- convertible. St- um, and then the movie's kind of downhill from there. <laughs> uh. Wow, those are great. Nice. I got to watch The Blob. I haven't seen it. But if you want to see a great film, watch uh, the 1980s film The Stuff, which the is stuff. a satirical parody <laughs> of The Blob. But instead of this blob-like material creature thing. It's it's uh, kind of a satire and kind of critique of consumerism because, as we all know, consumerism was started to be very rampant in the 1980s and people wanting to consume this ice cream-like yogurt uh, material that, that unfortunately transforms them into homicidal zombie creatures. Stuff. Oh. The stuff. Uh, the stuff is a great like parody name of the blob because it's even more nebulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's just funny. It's like what is it? It's to, oh by Larry Cohen who actually did some non-parody horror. And, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I really oh, like the sequel, awesome. The Right Stuff. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just that, that, see, just that's kidding. that's the opposite. That's <laughs> science reality <laughs> non-horror. <laughs> All right, now we got to talk about the thing. The thing. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. Dude. Again, I, I have not watched these, man. You so um, the original 1950s one, which was The Thing from Another World by Howard Hawks. Um, what? Howard Hawks? Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. I love Howard Hawks. Yeah, Howard Hawks. Um, so <laughs> I tried to get into it the other night. I just couldn't. I don't know why. But interesting thing in the night... Most of the audience has probably maybe seen the 1980s one. Mm -hmm. In John Carpenter's The Thing, there's this light effect where it's like the thing in like craggly font. Mm -hmm. That's actually in the original too. Cool. But it's done slightly differently. Um, Then John Carpenter's The Thing, um, I don't really have a lot to say outside of it's off the hook. (laughs) That's it. Nice. Oh, with a score by Ennio Morricone. No way! But it's not. It's very un Ennio Morricone. It's it's very just like. Well, that's still cool. Subdued. It's very like just we know him. Like we know him for that. But it'd be cool to like see something else. See what he does with scary. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get to some Ennio. Ennio Morricone, rest in peace. God. Oh, he said. <laughs> <laughs> he said. He said the thing. Take the drink. Sounds like a horror film. I'm getting scared. That, that soundtrack is overwhelming. It. Talk about jump scares too in that movie. <laughs> Chewy. <John laughs> Chewy. <laughs> cool. And man. then lastly, yeah, of the holy trinity of '80s horror remakes. The Fly, David Cronenberg by yeah. David Cronenberg, so starring. Good. So Edmund, the you first one, uh, not so much the second or third one, uh, other than the second one, I think has there's a teenage a, boy. There's a there's third a one. I think there's a third one. There's I, not a third one. Go to hell. No way. <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe it was a director. The theme fits. So. so I want you to talk about the Fly. Um, I don't. Yeah, there is a Fly three. Or no. Wait. I'm just trying to look you up. You cray cray. Oh, I think it's just Fly 2. I, I could be mistaken. second one has it some says, good horror. I see an article says, Jeff Goldblum is totally down for the Fly 3. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not out yet. Well, there it is. Soon to be. 
but he Can you imagine died. current Jeff Goldblum, this iteration of Jeff Goldblum in a horror movie? <laughs> that would be so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's going to be already... His skin's going to be crumbling off yeah. of his body. Already. Talking like Jeff so, Goldblum well, then, does now. <laughs> God, he was ripped in that, though. Yeah. yeah. Edmund, have you seen the original? No, not not the... I haven't seen The Fly from the 1950s, but it's, I do have It's cheesy good fun, of, and it's got Vincent Price. Well, yeah. He's not the star, yeah. but... And I think the like it's like a human body, but yeah, the head it's is stupid. like a... A fly set. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. cheesy. Nineteen fifties, low like, budget horror, B grade. Is that yeah. what the Simpsons? It's a yeah, horror? help me. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's the Simpsons. I'm gonna. Find but that, the like, Pod Machine is that's from that's, the original. So the Simpsons hmm. did something neat in that they mixed the remake and the original into a parody. Mm-hmm. Who here has seen the the Fly remake? Oh, yes. The Cronenberg. It is brilliant. It was one of those horror movies that it was always on when I was a kid and later on a a teenager because um, I think I talked on one of the episodes, uh, I was talking about movies worth watching where there's this uh, government-funded TV channel called Access Network. It was funded by the provincial government. It was around from like the 70s up until maybe the early 2000s. And they had this program called Movies Worth Watching and they would have films like (laughs) Robo- Cop and and even The Exorcist and, and and The Fly like movies that you don't really see on a lot of other channels today. Well, at least see Exorcist, but yeah, I remember seeing The Fly like all the time and certainly a memorable movie mm-hmm. and uh, kind of a tragic movie too because I know. Yeah, you really feel it's bad. So it like, falls in love with that woman, but uh, can never you know you know I have the, a happy life it's together. Re- it's really about the fear of becoming a parent. Like I really think what that because she gets pregnant, right? Right. That's and I right. I feel like that that's really the thing about the movie is a lot of people thought it was about the HIV AIDS crisis, right? And Cronenberg said at that time. said, okay, I see what you're saying. That wasn't in my mind when I made it, but I see what you're saying, of course. Mm-hmm. But I really think it's the fear of I think it's about two things: seeing someone you love destroy their life. Mm-hmm. And because there's it's an allegory. Yeah, like whether it's drug addiction, disease, whatever. Let's Mm -hmm. listen to the trailer. You can keep talking. There is a limit. I want to hear a bit of this. Because the tagline is is famous. Molecular decimation breakdown and reformation is inherently purging. Some good hair. Where our greatest creations. Sorry guys, you know. When you went through, something went wrong. Are about to go beyond that limit. It's a great voice. The tagline. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he I'm sure Typhoid uh, Mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? Wants to turn me into something else. Oh no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. It could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Very be very afraid. Oh, 
So crazy good. So be afraid, be very afraid comes from yeah, from yeah. Oh, Howard Shore scored that. It was a huge, it was huge hit when it came out. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting about it too is, you know how Cronenberg, you really have a a feeling of his movies, and you don't. I, I don't really look at his movies as very Hollywood because a lot of them, they still feel quite indie, even mm-hmm. something like Existence. Oh, yeah. Or Cos- or, yeah. Cosmopolis. Yeah. Um, but The Fly, it feels like a weird, this is a Hollywood Cronenberg movie. Uh, like mm-hmm. It feels right. very understated. It's it very like it. obviously Toronto in it, too. Like There's mm. obvious shots of the CN Tower. Young and Bloor. Yeah. <laughs> Spadina. Yeah. And I, I think his most uh, Hollywood uh, movie would probably be Dead Zone. From, uh, yeah, yeah. Something's gonna happen. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I just wanted to share about the fly that um, I hadn't seen it again, like kind of until late in the game, and mm-hmm. I made a, a, a handful of friends watch it, mm-hmm. and we thought it was gonna be like very like schlocky cheesy and man did we ever get like a rude awakening some some of my friends were like are we actually watching this like they got like physically viscerally affected and i was like this is amazing because like i love when you're showing a movie to friends and it's just like everyone's again in this Mm -hmm. communal experience that just like we're all gonna get fucked right now and it was brilliant because afterwards we're like that was amazing. How yeah. brilliant is this move? Like the way you see this man fall apart yeah. and the, the the attachment you have to him is so powerful. I loved that. I was like, mm. yeah. I mean, I, lo- I always loved Cronenberg before that, but I hadn't seen this one until like super mm. late, but a brilliant film. The uh, part yeah. where he um, gives his insect politics spiel and Gina Davis is crying and then walks out gets in the car with um, her ex and says like, no, we have to do that. I have to get the abortion tonight. And she's just freaked out. Like, oh, yeah. am I going to have a fly baby? Right. Like what's right, going on? Right. And she says, I don't want it in my body. I don't want it in my body. Like that's no. so visceral. Right. right. And it's just disgusting. The whole it is. <laughs> throws up on donuts and sucks it up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like, it's gotta like watch this movie again. I don't can't remember look, it. If you want to go like on a away. diet, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like that was when it came out, people on diets would go to see it to like really? help. No way. Yeah, no, yeah. that's. Not know that. I don't know if that was one hundred percent marketing, but that's uh, supposedly a thing that people did when it came out. They, it was popular with people on diets. Put you off your lunch. Exactly. Yeah, and it does. Wow. So gather with some friends, get some good food, eat first, eat a lot, eat more than you normally would. And then uh, don't throw it up and eat it up again. <laughs> uh. Great film. <laughs> Great film. Uh. Is that a good segue into Cronenberg and more modern sci-fi horror films? Oh, yeah. Gentlemen? Yeah. Well, what's considered modern? I don't know. Well, Let's one, talk about Existence and work our way forward. I like I like Existence. Yeah, I, I, I love I the Existence. Yeah, especially, um, yeah, you know, since we're living in this new electronic age where... We're all sitting in front. Well, for a lot of people who are who are working from home during COVID nineteen, um, I was one of them. I, I I'm still working from home seven eight months later. We're living in this electronic world. You know, a lot of things we do Wait, is online. Can, can you maybe just explain what existence is for oh, those okay. that don't? So, know? so not for those of you who aren't aware of existence, um, came out in nineteen ninety nine, and um, also a David Cronenberg film, and it's got 
It stars Jennifer or Jason Lee. I can't remember the exact uh, premise, and I'm not going to read from Wikipedia to bore I, people. I, I, you I can. Know the, I know but, the premise. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Kyle, but, uh, yeah, so go it's ahead. basically these two people are playing a VR game, but the mm. VR is is super realistic. Like when they yeah. go into the virtual reality, it's basically reality, right? Mm. And again, I vaguely remember the premise either, but it's they're they're tracking down someone or something. There's some sort of espionage, I think it's like a criminal. Yeah, right. And it's got oh, it's got everyone in it. Like yeah. Willem Dafoe's in it, and at one point he's like, "I wouldn't use that bioport again, except for a toaster." Jude Law, <laughs> yeah. John McKellar, and, and, and yeah. the great guns, Canadians. Uh, the gun's yeah. really cool. It's like yeah, it doesn't look like a regular gun. It's pieces. this right. bio. Yeah weapon gun like something like an hr guider like design together, from yeah right yeah but it's a really um, cool film and they have these little things called game pod devices and uh um yeah it, it kind of reminds me of other films like uh david cronenberg's classic 1983 film video drome mm-hmm. where um spoiler alert there's that one scene where you know his his hand kind of transforms into a gun and the whole point that a lot of film theorists, film studies, snobbish type people like Gerardo would say <laughs> that it's kind of oh, <laughs> it's like this. Uh, it's kind of an allegory um, for uh, with video drum. It came out when um, channels like CNN and cable television was beginning to become more popular, and it talks about how the media um, has the ability to impact and 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 shape people's bodies. And yeah, it certainly um, influenced fashion and, and how people uh, look. Uh, they want to kind of as- ascribe to this um, uh, th- this certain ideal. Um, and yeah, and, and now perhaps in this online age, especially in this social media uh, influencer era, you, you know, people want to look a certain way. There's this mim- memification of fashion and, and style and, and how people should look physically. And maybe existence is kind of the online update to that. And it's really cool because it came out in 1999 and now we have virtual reality headsets um, that you can buy and get lost and dropped in your own virtual world. I mean, more than that, you can like have sex with the virtual dolls and buy yeah. the equipment to do yes, so. That's right. The yeah. vague yeah. sexual imagery in the movie is quite like when they get plugged into the right. thing. It looks and like, like a they penis like, is yeah. being put in your spine. It's yeah, like an umbilical they, cord, they, like, right? Yeah. Accordingly, they're like, Ugh. which we yeah. all want to do to Jennifer Jason Lee and Jude Law <laughs> and Willem Dafoe Let's and Don McKellar and Don <laughs> and, I- so, you know. and Ian Holmes in it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And awesome. Sarah Pauly's. Oh yeah, she's at the end it's, for like a Blake. Canadian movie. I think, yeah. I think Canadian movie. You, know, you got to do that one for Canada, right? Mm-hmm. For Canada, you got Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee's um, dual citizen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize she was Canadian too. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, her her father was a famous uh, actor who was killed during the filming of the Twilight Zone, uh, the movie. <gasps> her, that's her dad. Yeah. What was his name? So her dad was uh, Vic Morrow. Oh. famous actor and um he like like in like 50s 60s I 70s and he, he was like like older when he was in his 80s like his 60s or 70s and what happened is they were filming this scene where um the it was like uh some sort of vietnam war era scene and there was like a helicopter and uh unfortunately um some something happened on the set that him and two 
uh, young youth who were playing these Vietnamese kids died. Who were li- and, working uh, illegally, by the way. Yeah, probably. And, um, yeah, so um, uh, that's why safety is like a big thing on on Hollywood studio productions or, or uh, I, I like any movie set for that matter. It's because of that accident that happened, one of the most horrific pyrotechnic uh, accidents. Um, Although, like, I I do put a lot of blame on John Landis. Like, he was yeah. overworking them. They were saying, we shouldn't be doing this. Yes. He's like, let's just do it anyways. It's the 80s. I'm a director. And, and Coke. Uh, yeah, uh, so they still have, like, I think he's still in the film. But, of course, um, they were killed on the set because Morrow and then another actor were decapitated and mutilated by the helicopter rotor like blades. dead instantly mm-hmm, like they were killed upon impact and there's there's footage so. of it in one of the faces of in one of the faces of death compilations usually mm. the stuff in faces of death is fake it's fake yeah but there's sometimes they throw in legit footage like someone being shot in brazil or something and one of them actually has the footage slowed down Wow. And mm-hmm. it's horrifying. I didn't know Jennifer Jason Lee was her his daughter. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, I knew so I knew she had a famous dad. I didn't know it was Vic Murrow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like uh, Christopher Plummer or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I thought it was like a notable Canadian actor. A live one. Oh, <laughs> so presume we know she's younger than the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, sorry, we're on the topic of modern horror films, Cronenberg films, so I'm trying to uh, remember some of the more uh, newer Cronenberg films because I always think yeah. of, uh, well, I, I remember we were talking about Cosmopolis. His his son's um, doing stuff now. He did. That's, that's right. right. His son yeah. more so probably fits the genre of science fiction horror. Yeah. I saw the one There's he a, did about uh, like celebrity meat. That's right. Yes. And I hated yeah. it. Why did you hate it? I just thought I it was like dumb. I didn't like it either. Um, I thought it had... Uh, I, like, I thought I it was. The idea. I thought I thought it read like like something you'd write when you were sixteen. Like <laughs> this is yeah society. Really? Um, it's funny society. you bring that. Up. It's yeah, funny okay. that you bring that up. I I think what it was too is also yeah yeah, yeah you know it's like, like his first movie Canadian too film, though. Low it was not low budget. But um yeah I remember getting advance passes to see that in theater. I was writing for the local um, university. Um, newspaper the uh, gateway the gateway <laughs> that andy also wrote and did cartoons for and uh antiviral. yeah antiviral that's right thank you and uh yeah i i think the basic premise of that film is um there's this kind of black market where people pay to be infected yeah. by viruses that affected uh like celebrities so if you wanted to get like a like a cold sore that, that infected Britney Spears, you would pay big bucks, and people, uh, that was the closest that people could get to celebrities. They couldn't be the celebrity, or 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 touch them, or be with them, but they could at least be infected by the virus. That does sound like a David Cronenberg Jr. movie. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. And, He's um, really taking over body horror, like you know. Mm-hmm. But but I remember seeing that film in theaters, and people did not like it. Like they started walking out, like even thirty minutes into the movie and I remember at, by the end of the movie like half the theater was gone like people uh, had walked out before the final scenes I yeah. did like I did like them and it's weird I he, saw he a new one I saw it just not even yes. outside of the theme 
like of body horror. Like I felt the tone was very Cronenberg. Like yeah, even the yeah, way people weird. talk to each other. Yeah, and it was like, slow. It was weird. Yeah, like, mm. and it's 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 a different world, but just slightly. Like everyone's mm. really obsessed with celebrities in this world, right. but just slightly more than we are. Yeah, his his new film is called Possessor. It actually just yeah. came out. Sorry, apparently and getting great. That's reviews. Mandy, right? Yeah, that's out right now. That's right. Yeah, Possessor. Yeah, yeah we should really watch it. Look. And here's a clip from Clip Possessor. I don't know what it's about. Do you guys know the synopsis? It's um, like switching yeah, bodies uh, or minds or, or something. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but it's really long. <laughs> oh, you need that. A woman named Holly sticks a probe into the top of her head and turns the dial button on a machine. Holly disconnects from the machine and goes to a party dressed in her work uniform as a hostess. After arriving at the party, she walks up to a wealthy attorney, grabs a knife, and brutally stabs him in the neck and gut. Everyone at the party flees in terror and calls a cop. And then it continues... For paragraphs because right. it's Wikipedia and they're spoiling. Yeah, they, that's like they describing the like the movie synopsis. scene by scene. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, just looking up the IMDb description of it, it says it oh, there's a, some nice bodies in it. <coughs> sci-fi thriller. Sci-fi thriller. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Mm-hmm. Close, but no cigar. Mm-hmm. Although I will say the same for oh. Cloverfield. Remember that movie, Cloverfield? It's like I Atlanta. loved right. Cloverfield. I did too, but it, but I it loved it. I don't, I'd count it as horror. Yeah, but Let's, just barely. I feel I'm like gonna say a, I'm gonna a, say for the sake of argument, thriller, horror, same goddamn shit. Mm-hmm. Silence oh, of the okay. Lambs, horror. Okay, don't care. It's kind don't of a, care. It's a tonal difference Fight me. to me. Nah, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like whenever something's a little bit classier, it's thriller. When it's about <laughs> like true crime, it's a thriller. You know what I would say is like, okay, that can be a thriller. Um, TV movie starring uh, Magnum PI guy where he's like a cop in a small Tom, town. Tom, Tom Selleck. Yeah, Tom Selleck. Like he, there's a series of TV movies where he's like a cop in a small town and he discovers secrets. That's a thriller. <laughs> but like Silence of the Lambs, Brandon Cronin's, uh, that's a uh, that's Cronin. that's horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen um, the precursor to the Silence of the Lamb films, um, Manhunter? No, but I know about. Um, it. Who directed that? Um, was, uh, Michael someone. Mann. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, they later remade it um, in 2002 with Edward Norton called Red Dragon. Oh, that was not bad. Oh, so good. Well, yeah. Ray Fiennes, I feel, is the big standout. Yeah, mm-hmm. Philip Seymour. All right. Because he he's better Hannibal, looking. Right? Come on. Yeah. He plays a younger, and yeah, for anyone who's not familiar, um, it's kind of the, it takes place before The Silence of the Lambs. Um, where, um, like, um, maybe a few years, like Hannibal Lecter is still in prison, but there's this cop who has to look for this serial killer, and of course, they have to consult with Hannibal the Cannibal. To try to find him. So check out Manhunter. Check out Red Dragon. Uh, you'll love it. Uh, are those sci-fi horrors? I'd say uh, those are just straight those horror. Are, that's, just, that's just horror. <laughs> that's yeah. like super realistic horror. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, to but, me, this reads more as a thriller. But, but the scariest scene a, is... Yeah, um, that's a thriller. 
this, I'd say Silence of the Lambs, horror, Red Dragon, thrill, like when thrums. Like when there's an yeah. FBI agent or a cop figuring out a murder. To me, that's a mm. thriller usually. But like the Silence of the Lambs is different though because it has that okay. scene with the night vision goggles. That right. makes it horror. Yeah, that's scary. Wait, that's right. horror. Can you, can that's you explain that? Right. Like, there's a horror? scene at the end of the, like before the climax where Clarice is hunting down Buffalo Bill and um, <laughs> he's turned off all the lights in it. Uh, the basement she's trapped down there he's wearing night vision goggles she's blind and uh, she's going blind and you see from the his perspective her being right yeah that's a mind it's like wait until dark yeah yeah (laughs) very good yeah okay no that that's very fair and valid because that's like horrifying why wasn't red dragon called the uh, this is quiet lambs they're not silent yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's the deal <laughs> what else Frankenstein what about Frankenstein that's science fiction horror yeah yeah that's what's, true what's like the latest Frankenstein remake wasn't there like a German one that went to Netflix like a uh, couple years back I've lost Probably. track yeah I mean it's tough to keep uh, track with those, I but. feel like uh, Let's let Frankenstein go, and let's definitely let Dracula go. Right, mm-hmm. that's done. Yeah, the ideas that are that it is exploring are are kind of done. Yeah, I mean maybe not. There's there's new iterations of vampires. Mm-hmm. I think it's like just there's too many. We could have a moratorium, right? like no movies for thirty years. Then we can do another Dracula. Yeah. Then problem. if you have a really good mm-hmm. idea, about, yeah, yeah. Well, I I will say it's not a. Uh, uh, a motion picture film, but it is an animated series. Mm-hmm. Castlevania mm-hmm. is a brilliant rendition of Dracula, namely because you're um, you're kind of empathizing. You you oddly enough are empathizing with all of these characters. You understand why Dracula hates humanity, why he wants to kill them all. You understand why um, Alucard, his son, was you know banned and put away, and then he, why he wants to come you know fight against his father. And you can identify with all these people and it's just like brilliantly done i watched it all and i was like whoa that's i have never been so intrigued by an animated series film like that um and so yeah it's super brilliant it's available on netflix really worth a watch because um it's amazing so i mean that is kind of i've always felt like um Dracula is a very empathetic character. Not as much as Frankenstein, you know. Like he, right. you legitimately feel really bad for Frankenstein the whole because mm. he's misunderstood. Blah blah blah. But you mean Frankenstein's monster or Doctor <sighs> Frankenstein? Oh yeah, right. Because the yeah. doctor was name, well. Right? You're the real monster because <laughs> you did semantics on that. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> Um, you could empathize with the doctor. Uh, he's really empathetic in um, the Werner Herzog version. Like he's because he's because on top of being a sad character, like uh, he's got an an addiction. I feel like it's very heavily an allegory for addiction. Um, he's an empathet like he experiences empathy for human beings in it, right? Like he's not just uh like he's just kind of sad in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Modern Prometheus by Mary Shelley. It was written by a woman like you. Oh, oh. lovely. Mary Shelley. When she was only 18. Really? Yeah, it was like this writing Whoa. retreat where, where yeah. a bunch of book, great books were written. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, who else? Dracula, Percy Shelley. Uh, 
No, Mary Shelley, Percy Earth. Uh, they even made a movie about it, you know, about how these young, yeah. hot, 20... Oh, traveling uh, sisterhood of the year pants. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you're talking about. It's like I a... I remember what it yeah, was Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was on one of those listicle videos I saw. Oh, it, it was Mamma Mia. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Well, the famous biopic of the horror writers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that biopic... Mama Mia, where they all do ABBA songs, and it's about Mary Shelley, <laughs> Bram Stoker, <laughs> Stoker, and who's the other one? I forget. And J.K. Rowling. <laughs> she is a monster. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, the real monster is the turfs. Real monster is us. Can I list uh, my favorite? Sci-fi yes. horror films. You can yes. sure, praise yeah. me or tear me apart. Well, let's thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, these. thumbs okay, up, thumbs ready? down. Okay, Kay. first one that came to mind. Twilight. Attack the Block. About oh, these aliens. Oh, this oh. means I haven't seen. Oh, it's very it. fun. No, it's it. like an Edgar Wright Roman Emperor good. style in the middle. Yeah, yeah it's a genre no, mashup. It's math. comedy. It's horror. It. It's sci-fi. It's that, okay. that looks like a. Right. It kind of right. came out right. at the same time as the end of the world. That looks like a. Yeah. You have to yeah. edit that out. It looked like I was doing. Like seriously, your title. Like, cut that. It's your Halloween costume. Keep Prometheus is from 2012, 30 years. Thumbs way up. Uh, I like it. The you the didn't sur- like it? Okay. No. Why? Even, here's okay, the why? thing. Here's the, even if you didn't like it, boring. did you like the surgery scene? Oh, with like the auto yeah, thing? Yeah, she, she has that. That's a good fucking there, right? scene. Oh, good. Stapler. That is good. Yeah. Um, maybe it was a good scene. It was kind of copied by other movies like Passengers and later Elysium. With Passen- the auto yeah, those are the, both horrible. You can't, okay, <laughs> Edmund, I love you passengers. can't blame those movies that came out after I that know. for copying. <laughs> yeah. If anything, that speaks to how good the scene was because right. it was copied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent scene. Okay, continue. Overrides. One thing, one that I loved because uh, it was uh, the only other good movie directed by the director of the cult classic, Donnie Darko, Richard Kelly. In 2009, he created a film called The Box, where if you push a button on I the box, you that. get a million dollars, but somebody oh, somewhere dies. That, that's actually based that. I, I on seen a... It's a rem- short story. They did a 1980s Twilight Zone. Yes. And cool. one of, that's an episode from that. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. One of the few good... The only good one, probably. I haven't <laughs> seen The Box, but it watched the 1997 Canadian classic sci-fi horror film the cube oh that is a good one oh uh, i like I the cube to, uh, no, go on a tangent yeah, yeah. but yeah 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 Which, that, what's better the box or the cube i haven't the, seen the box but it's i, the I, box I bet the, the, you know it's cube it's just one set that's what i liked about from a filmmaking yeah. yeah. standpoint oh, cool. they're from like low what budget if we just Canadian like it's interesting yeah. yeah but and, they've made too many of them and guess who gets out alive out of all uh, there's like uh, i forget like six or eight people and only one survives the special needs guy Oh, spoiler. Spoiled it. (laughs) Don't need to see the cube anymore. Like, the whole movie, it's like, I don't want to see him die, this poor, like, guy, right? The gore. Right, yeah. Pretty violent. Creative gore, like a fucking weird mesh fly swatter thing that just literally cubes a guy in the cube. Wow. (laughs) It's cool. It is cool. Yes. And they're like, yeah. They slide, and then Resident Evil copied it. That's right. Yeah. The cut oh. and slide. Mm-hmm. It all like, started with oh, this yeah, yeah. kind of low-budget yeah. Canadian yeah, yeah. film that yeah. most people have never heard of. 
That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry, okay, Andy, continue. what are your other? No, thank you for that film history. You're always, you always have those gems. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Okay, th- this one I was nervous to say because I don't know if it quite fits our criteria, but it was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. It shocked me so much that I counted the swear words. Don't quote me on this, but uh-huh. I counted 74 swear words because I was just like, <gasps> they said it again. <laughs> this was 1990s. Tremors. I love Tremors. Oh, Tremors Worms is great. Under the ground. It's like a comedy. Excellent it's, yeah. comedy. It's one of those yeah. movies yeah. that they always yeah. showed, at, like at, when I was a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Like on, you know, uh, what was that channel? Like TNT or Turner. Turner Classic Network. Movies. Well, not Turner Classic Movies, <laughs> but the uh, Cary Grant you know. in Tremors. <laughs> you know what? I look here. See, there's worms under the ground. There's she. like a million. There's, there. there's like a million sequels now. And they're yeah. gonna do another one with. Uh, <laughs> We we all even if even if we're halal, we all like some Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh God, if, he get, if he gets COVID, we're all fucked. Oh, shit. Um, the the funniest part in that was like I remember watching it with my friend who like loved the sequel. That was her thing. She loved the Tremors movies, yeah. <laughs> and just the part where Monster shows up and it's Reba McIntyre <laughs> and that other guy. <laughs> Reba. And they, they, oh, and they look, have the shotgun. They look vaguely scared, and then they walk over, and it's just a fucking wall of guns. <laughs> so, so American. It's like, let's just tiptoe to our wall of <laughs> guns. <laughs> and they start shooting away. You know, that's why America. Uh, that's why they love their guns. That was a weird uh, crossover episode of Reba. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually not a bad little sitcom. All right, another Don't another cut f- that out too. Another great. By a by a filmmaker whose repertoire is so diverse, I think we need to appreciate that. Danny Boyle, 2002, 28 Days Later. Oh, oh I love 28 Days Later. I, I love it. Seen it? So, you haven't hey. seen 28 Days Later. I haven't. Uh, Did I you have see uh, 28 Weeks Later? I did not. Ah, uh, helico- helicopter death, zombies. But um, it was cool. Yeah. Isn't it like that choppy? That yeah, that was right. shot on fast. shot on vi- DV, like Whoa. digital video, not even high def. That's nuts. Super right. British, like, super like that's that's Britain at that time. Like that's yeah. a that's a bookmark of the time, and that was really kind of the first movie where the zombies they were they were fast, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, yeah. fast and they yeah, were because he actually ran and they and were, they were intelligent, and, alive. Technically, yeah. At one yeah, point, and you hyper fa- violent. They weren't like the slow moving zombies of George Romero movies. Yeah, with the little kid in the gas station, you actually hear if you listen closely him say i hate you and he oh, really? him. yeah Aww. that's crazy oh because they're alive. i gotta see that again uh, i guess a good like spiritual successor to that would be the korean film train train to, to, train to busan right that even yeah. did train better because yes. on top of they're alive they kind of have like a personality like right. when they turn around they like kind of smile almost like, <laughs> right. and there are some funny moments with them oh yeah. where, you're, where you're laughing with them you're like oh shit and then you're like hey, run away now it's such it's a good. korean sense of humor it like is. you're laughing at the people banging on the t- right. so korean question yeah. for you thoughtful gentlemen and lady sure are are zombies sci- a sci-fi thing? Is that yeah, a, is yeah, yeah. That's that's super. That that really is the most science fiction horror thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think um, Night well, of the like Dead. I don't know the origins, uh, but I remember the earliest zombie f- films yeah. from the forties and fifties, the black and white ones. They were kind of rooted in like this Haitian uh, mythology and uh, about zombies and um, like voodooism and uh, you know that 
little voodoo doll. And Reincarnating the dead. The Haitian voodoo zombie. Yeah, Haitian voodoo zombie. That's I right. The, went, one of the earliest movies was called The White Zombie. Yeah. Ah, and so, then I walked with a zombie. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. No, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> I didn't actually walk with it. It's also <laughs> the name the of... The movie... Uh, what is that Canadian artist? Oh, Tegan and Sarah. Right. I was walking with a zombie. <laughs> you know? And I walked with a zombie. The movie... You know how it's funny when they say the title? The movie starts with their saying, I walked with a zombie. Oh, cool. I guess I... Did. See, Night of the Living Dead, I didn't... I was sleeping on that. The original mm. Dead trilogy, Dawn of the De- Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. That is that's sci-fi horror. That's true. And Night of the Living Dead, that was Vietnam. Dawn of the Dead was consumerism before stuff. Right. <laughs> and Day of the stuff. Dead, I haven't seen. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, I can't even remember it. It's but their I, army day, base, and it's yeah, during they're, they're the day. They're stuck in like a bunker, and <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of a boring film. What? Sorry, Day of the Dead fans. I know you're out right. there. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. What stays on the cast? What's what's set on the cast stays on the cast. You've all seen the the Dawn of the Dead, right? The seventies yeah. one. I have not. Maybe. Seen Sha- are you saying Shaun of the Dead? No, Dawn oh. of the. It's in a mall. That's a yeah, it's actually Whoa. really fascinating to think, think of. Uh, like like I loved the nineteen seventies movie. I saw it on VHS with my cousin back in the day, and I also love the two thousand four uh, remake. Um, right. It's a, it's also a good remake. Yeah. It's got Sarah Pauly, yeah. Zack Snyder, uh, great. Like when Zack Snyder uh, like actually made good films. Yeah. <laughs> no, he really. <laughs> that's <laughs> sorry, but three hundred and maybe Man one of, of the best horror compare. remakes. Right? Shots yeah, all the way from I Mill loved, Woods. I, I watched. Zack Snyder. I watching Dawn of the Dead remake twice, like in one day, because I loved it so much. Uh, the Whoa. second time I watched it was to hear the commentary. Um, but that's how much I love that movie. And it's so interesting to watch this movie in this day and age when uh, malls left and right all over North America are being closed. And um, like to think of this dying, abandoned shopping center, uh, like they're everywhere. Like even here in Edmonton, we have a few shopping malls that are on the brink of closing. And mm-hmm. some of them are being are, are going to be demolished in a few years to be redeveloped. Rest in peace, um, Capilano Mall. But yeah, nah, that exactly. Was, uh, yeah, you know, like that one. <laughs> Yeah, Dawn of the Dead was all about, uh, you know, kind of blatant, mindless uh, consumerism. And, and it's funny, now, right? Now like, these malls are zombie buildings themselves. Yeah. You know, abandoned There's that one in Calgary that's like, it's new, but it's not that, even... Th- that right. was a weird concept, the, the though, because the one mall. in Calgary was, they were doing a, it was like a weird market right. thing. Like a were, giant, what were, nice flea market. Yeah. Yeah, thing. pretty much. Because who doesn't want to go to that, a luxury flea market? Kind of cool. Yeah. A clean flea market? I, I think they were trying to go <laughs> for cool. like a Asian-oriented market, but right. like indoors and big. But I think the big issue is they built it right across... Uh, a very successful mall, the Cross Iron Mills Mall. Wait, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah they're built right across the That's stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why it's like pretty still <laughs> That's barren. so dumb. <laughs> so if anyone I know, wants it's a bad film, idea. a zombie movie in this day and age, it's a yeah. good place to do it. Yeah, you yeah. can film a movie in they there. They could use the money. Yeah. <laughs> train to Calgary. Uh, <laughs> sea that train. might also be a reality. Sea <laughs> train to Saddle Dome. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly horrifying. Man, it's all these cool. cowboy yeah. hats. Well, 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 <laughs> oh, were those, were those all your picks, Andy? Or? Well, I oh, also, yes, yeah. I also wouldn't. It wouldn't be complete without these are good picks, FYI. Yeah, they're pretty my, good. My, the, the the thing that I'm obsessed with, which I've already talked to your 
your euros off is the is the Netflix show Dark, mm. this German Dark. production, which is, I think, a beautiful confluence of science fiction and horror. It's truly spooky. is it scary? It's it's, spoo- it's the, creepy. It's, it's creepy. creepy, and 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 it, it's it's that kind of very subtle form of like ambient horror, yes. yeah, where it yeah. just kind of yeah. sits with you. Uh, yeah. yeah, I find I can't sleep after watching it, and I just want to watch more. Let me tell you how yeah. I found out about that show. I was in Cuba with my family. Wow! And this German woman. <laughs> was, <laughs> and oh boy. Okay, so so I wanted to tell you. You, you know, I made those half, that half page of notes. Well, watching Dark. This is my this is my page of notes for. And dark. it kind of looks like something from Dark. I drew up the family map. How is okay? So I do just look it up on crazy scribble notes. Yours are so neat. Mine are like look like they were written by a five year old. Like because when I'm getting an idea <laughs> I out, go I just yeah. like that. Same. Yours are so methodical. Well, I really wanted to figure out like a serial killer. <laughs> 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 well, well, no, because if he were a serial killer, he'd have to cut out all this lettering from different newspapers and so much to how you taunt your victims. He's more, not trying to you know, taunt like, himself or the Riddler. Yeah. I feel like Andy would be a great. Riddler. <laughs> I remember the riddle car- me this riddle, riddle me that the cartoon version, like the animated one as a kit. He had a big bulge in that. Like, <laughs> he did. Like I remember yeah. you would. A, oh, and like the animated series. one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, crazy. A huge I'm, just, I'm watching that right now. Yeah, so. a huge bulge. <laughs> well, yeah. go back to the Riddler I, I episode. Pause. And I don't, I wasn't really, Computer. Enhance. (laughs) 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 Is Blade Runner considered sci-fi horror? That's not horror. That's not horror. That's like the what is that? So the sci-fi noir, sci-fi drama horror. That's right. And we already had an episode about sci-fi neo noir. So we can't talk about Blade Runner. But there are some creepy scenes, like when he goes to that mansion to that one guy who has a Methuselah syndrome, so he looks older than his actual age and mm-hmm. there's all these toys and mechanical dolls but and even that i don't feel like that's done creepy like the whole mm. i'd never creeped out it during that movie i feel mm. like that movie is like a a mas- it's like it feels like a massage you're gonna get a really great massage but you know after the massage you're gonna be executed <laughs> oh, okay. like it has that weird feel of being calming beautiful and serene so, so there's but no unnerving <laughs> and melancholy it's so bittersweet mm-hmm. Ooh. great analogy would uh to run on the tv series idea would mm. the netflix series ratchet be a sci-fi. That's not or, sci-fi at I've all. Never, never. It's I don't get. How is it sci-fi? No, no, that's fair. I was, I was like everything that. that happens in it is like could happen. Re- it, like it wouldn't. I guess, I, was like, like, I guess I was like thinking about like like it was a period. American sci-fi some American the, horror story stuff is kind of right. I guess sci-fi, you could call it, but that more so. I felt like rat ratchet. So so have you have you seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Yes. Have you I seen love that one? Movie. I yeah, have So it. it's weird because Ratchet is so tonally different than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like mm-hmm. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is very much a realistic 70s yeah. drama. And Ratchet is like this melodrama 50s, like Ryan Murphy, right? right. So it's like they... It's weird. It's like they took a movie about ta- we're gonna do a series about Taxi Driver, but it's a musical. <laughs> like it's like tonally so different. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I brought it up because 
like I've been watching a lot of Hitchcock films and I wouldn't consider like Hitchcock sci-fi horror, but it's like Hitchcock's like very well known as like one of the original horror get people out of the theater sort of mm-hmm. genres. But I was just kind of curious because Ratchet. Yeah, scene, the birds is sci-fi kind of. Yeah, right. No, that's that, right. that's that's what yeah. I was kind of leaning it's, towards. It's it's biological horror, like uh, ecological sci-fi. Ecological. Yeah, definitely. And that's still, I guess, you could say science fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, swarms of birds are not attacking us, but yeah, and that, that's interesting. I just like see all these different types of genres, especially in Hitchcock's films. Hence the Edith uh, mm-hmm. head and oh. attire. Uh, Tippy Hedren and then has an amazing um, yeah. wardrobe. She actually only wears one piece and it's this green. It's a specific She's type a of green. She's a piece in it. <laughs> Chartreuse? No, it's not Chartreuse. It's like a specific name. It's like a French sounding name for a green. Yeah. And it's kind of like a like a slightly nicer than pukey green. It's a horrible <laughs> description ver, ver, of it. Ver, but ver, she ver, wears ver. it. She wears it the whole time and it's important to... Yeah. The, the film. Um, anyways, yeah, like it feels like we've, especially Hitchcock in of himself, has like been a huge oh. pioneer of a lot of these. Betty like, Ver. Betty Ver? Yeah, that's right. Betty Ver. I can't remember if that's the exact right. I was just watching like a bunch of special features on mm-hmm. Blu rays of them, but like you think about Hitchcock and you're just, you think more like suspense, yes. mystery, and it, it is still horrific though. Like I mean, first time you watch Psycho, it's pretty like mm. the classic Halloween sound. That was the first one where it was really like he just did an unembashed horror movie. You know, like before they were kind of. I know I just like I foot and mouth, but like before they were kind of more quote thrillers. Yeah, they're more suspense thrillers. Psycho was the first one. No, this is horror. Someone gets fucking stabbed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you. So we're 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 making this distinction between horrors proper and science fiction horrors. And I think we know them to see them, but why are movies where <laughs> where the horror device is something like demonic possession? Why is that not sci-fi? Is that not, it's, not, it's not science, it's the paranormal, you know. Mm. That's the end. Which, which I guess, no, I mean, you could argue. I mean, a lot of science fiction is theorizing theorizing mm-hmm. about something that's beyond ourselves in space, aliens. You could say that to an extent that's also supernatural. Yeah, it's paranormal. It's yeah, like, right. but it's, a realm of but it's not. Okay. It's, it's or Rosemary's not Baby. Oh. That's, that's not sci-fi. Not sci-fi. Yeah. Excellent motion I mean, picture right. made by a monster. <laughs> <laughs> a real life monster. <laughs> No, that's a good point. Um, I only kind of dive in and bring up Hitchcock and love it. Not for the only the wardrobe. If I would have been able to, which probably wouldn't have pulled off good at all, I would have dressed as Bernard Herrmann, who mm. is such an incredibly legendary composer, which is wow. he's the composer of the very sound effect you just heard, which is Psycho's stabbing, which gets deeper and deeper as the knife goes deeper Ooh. and deeper yeah crazy how like visceral and simple and everyone yeah. in the world knows that oh know? yeah it stabs your ears you Pretty know the, brilliant um he orig- he did do a score for the birds and right. there's rumors i don't know um <sighs> there's some funny story that i don't know but he did a whole score for the birds something happened and then 
Hitchcock just said, we're just not going to have a score. So that's why the Aww. movie has no score. Wow. And it's creepy. There's no yeah, music. Gotta, I'd like to hear it with the score. No, nah, Birds is good without music. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of like this type of music, this Bernard Herrmann score, mm-hmm. has the same effect as that was what you were saying to hit a note to that makes you feel a certain way, like sick or... It, there's changed. an uncanniness to it. There is. This is from Vertigo. I this is it. from Psycho. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little wandering. Oh, see, the stabbing strings at the end do the exact same thing as that. Right. <laughs> oh, I love this. And the credits. Phoenix. I have a I have a fun little story Present to tell day. about being at the what is it called the Universal What is in Hollywood in LA there's the Universal, Universal Studios. Studios, right? And you yeah. can right. take the tour yeah. that shows the lots and where they shot films. Mm. The, the last house. one is the Psycho, the Psycho House. But I was with <laughs> I was with three other friends. Two one of which was Spanish like myself. The other one was Indian. And the last one was a African-American gentleman. United Nations. (laughs) The funniest thing was we were at the very back of like the tour guide. And so we get to like, just, you know, we're in the back fooling around. There's like a kid in front of us and we're just like (laughs) talking to him and playing with him. And then when we get to the psycho motel, we're like, oh, that's really cool. And then you see the Norman Bates actor standing out there, right? And he's just like standing out there with a knife really menacingly, not moving, right? And you're just like, oh, okay, that's fucked up, right? And you're driving and you're like, oh, we're driving like next to that fucker. Like you're going right next to him, right? So he starts like taking little steps forward and we're like, okay, well, it's pretty like closely timed to like the back of the car. So as we're like getting closer to him, he's going closer and closer and closer and he starts running after us. Creepy. My black friend jumps out of his seat across in front of next to the kid and me and my other friends are dying cackling. We're like, oh my God. And he was like, he was going to kill me, man. He was so seriously shook. But it was beautiful because it's like the film became real in that moment. Yeah, right? I loved it. It was so yeah. hilarious. There used I, to I, be. I've been on that tour, and I've never. Now I was a kid, oh. but I've never seen that. Oh really? Like the actor running towards the. Lucky you. Yeah. yeah. There used they, to, they must have changed it up. There wasn't an actor. There used to be a ride at Universal <laughs> Studios where it was called, I think, the Alfred Hitchcock Presents Experience or some right. shit. Cool. And you got to like peek behind the camera and see how his movies were made. It's cool. So there's Whoa. a shot from one of his early movies where someone's like like falling off a cliff, but like, and you see how that effect is done. Oh, cool. And then there's a part where they take someone from the audience to do the shower scene, like recreate <laughs> it in real time. That's yeah. Wild. And usually there was like a, they do something funny like they they get a guy to be janet lee and like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. jamie lee curtis's mom oh so crazy oh, yeah. yeah but not Rest jennifer jason lee's mom <laughs> yeah i've just been very deeply in love with bernard yeah. herman's music i've always i like i found a deep respect for s- people that like do score specifically for films because mm-hmm. it's so tailored to the emotion and the feeling and I mean, like when you hear Bernard Herrmann's stuff, it's 
Like, listen to this. It's like this it's, is gorgeous. You just want to have sex with the music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you feel music. like you're a spy. Like I'm not, not sure during, this. but like literally have sex. Yeah, with it's the like music. a dream. And what's beautiful, like something like this, is from Vertigo, and right. the film itself is about this man who is just an everyday man, but gets thrust into this spy thriller essentially, and it just fits it beautifully. But it's also unsettling, and it takes you through all those right. little weird valleys. Yeah. Sorry, side trip about gushing on Herman. When I was little amazing. and I'd see those old movies with people who were I felt were so independent. Like I always kind of wanted to like I kind of wanted to be Janet Lee in Psycho just because she was so uh, independent. Yeah. She, she was a working woman. She in the drove her own car 60s. and she went to her little motel and it was black and white and it was gorgeous. Yeah. And if you look at the dialogue in that movie outside of the writing of it it's delivered so much more adult and realistically than a lot of other movies at the time like the um conversation she has over sandwiches and milk with um norman bates like it's so authentic and unnerved mm, yeah. like just the part where she says well maybe you could and he's like maybe what and she's like well that's not what i like yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's uncomfortably realistic, but also high Hollywood at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I bring it up just to say like, oh, we, I, I not that I missed that because I never lived through that era, but like, is it possible? This is Vertigo. Yeah, this is Vertigo, mm -hmm. but is it still possible to have this? You know, like this beautiful yet. I want to do weird feeling. I want to do a science fiction alien abduction movie that's mm. done exactly as it would have been like literally like if if you told someone this movie was made in the 1950s you Oh in that it. style? Yeah, I want to do one oh, exactly like that, great. like to a T. That would mm. be But cool. like without racism. And, right. You uh, know. You, no, you uh, need it in there. That no, 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 no. I want to You said exactly. Right. How you know how did you want to be? You know how <laughs> Quentin Tarantino kind of reinvented history with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. I'd like to do a movie where it's like it's like a 1950s movie but it's got a black lead and he doesn't experience any racism and it's like, right. oh, oh, like like make a nice little like, like kind of a retro history. Yeah, yeah. Like just make like a just make a right? nice uh, movie where it's like, oh, wouldn't it have been nice if the fifties was like that? And old movies sure, we could right. look at and not cringe sometimes, you know. You know what? And like I mean, Get Out comes to mind. Obviously it doesn't do that, but I think that's what maybe I was looking for when I watched a film like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, let's see like in the context of like no racism how much of a vacuum that feels like because mm -hmm. we, we know our world and our reality mm -hmm. and how weird that feeling is. And maybe that's mm -hmm. the horror. It's like, oh, yeah. we're actually like this. Um, but mm -hmm. what would it look like to be in a man going through the 50s with no racism? Yeah. You know? I mm -hmm. think that would be incredible. Yeah, that'd be a cool film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, call up Jordan Peele. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're doing it right now. <laughs> right here with these. Months. There's um this new HBO show Lovecraft County and okay. I don't really know that much about it but Lovecraft was an enormous racist. Oh, and wow. as a like decade yeah, huge huge racist and like almost I think 100 years after as a huge troll to him the movie starring black people. Oh mm. crazy. Wow. <laughs> or wow. the show starring black people. Yeah. No, I, a, I haven't seen that show, but I do want to watch it. It's got a hot black guy as the lead. <laughs> hot black. It's like um, I've never seen it, but the 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 remake or re envisioning of Birth of a Nation. 
Like it was. A, oh, that movie. Oh, right. No, yeah. I didn't see that either. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the original. Wait, so are the black people Klansmen? <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen either, you like know, neither film, but, you know, like, like I do understand that the first one was, you have to look at the period in which it was made, right? Yeah. I heard someone yeah. call that movie problematic, and I'm like, problematic? problematic? <laughs> Very you you think? Pro- problema- problematic. <laughs> Um, problematic actually so, i did have a film yeah. i wanted to ask you guys about if you sure. had seen it yeah. and it's the 2018 film high life have any of you seen it um, i'm probably gonna watch it tonight now you really should uh, yes. if you haven't uh, a24 film it definitely takes robert place pattinson. on a starring robert pattinson on it takes place on a space station that's right and, uh the uh, director is claire denis, denis. Uh, yeah, she does a lot of cool Actually, this funny enough, this film's genre is exactly sci-fi horror, according mm. to, I assume it's IMDb page. But I want the space to be spooky, you know. I think I think this is like probably the most perfect example of sci-fi horror that I have seen as of mm. late, and I was very taken by it. I wouldn't say I was actually Quick horrified, travail. but I, I can understand. Um, again, it kind of has similar themes to, let's say, Children of Men in like this last of humanity, propagation of life, how uh, visceral and, and kind of gross uh, the act of sex can be and how uh, even how systematic it can be in a setting like this. And also just like, yeah, again, taking life and shooting it off into, into space and how wild that can be. But it's definitely a film worth watching. Um, I guess that would even be my recommendation for the evening. Not that I'm looking to tie things up, but... Well, we're almost at the two-hour mark. We might as well. Yeah, I mean, decent. Does uh, anyone have any other sci-fi horror films they'd like to bring up? This was a mm-hmm. good episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Twas. Twas. That Yoshi is just tipping ever He's like more Yoshi. so <laughs> to one side. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi! Yoshi! Yeah, that was good. Yoshi! Yeah, All I, I can do is I feel like you wear this regularly. <laughs> like we, just, like you must. Like we just sit in silence and he does that for 20 minutes. And we, have, um, we break the internet. No, <laughs> just like, those ASMR videos where I'm just doing this. Can you hold the pump uh, up to the mic? But what a <laughs> now? Well, not that yeah. one. Can you, can you wait, wait, wait? Can you hold it up to the mic again? Hold it up to the mic. Okay, now squeeze the tip a little bit. Okay, now now stroke up and down. Oh, now That's listeners, it. hold on, hold on, now listeners. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's better. See, I have to copy to see. That's the the costume wearing off on me. Wow. Yes. A real life Sorry, monster. Is Gerardo Ramos the new Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. No. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say. Uh. You would have had to have been alone with a woman. <laughs> oh. oh, no! Too oh. real. Too real. So he's in jail now, right? Yeah, he's he's definitely in jail. In jail. <laughs> Is there any <laughs> updates? Because I always like to hear the when the we get the they're not doing well updates. <laughs> I don't think so. But the last I remember, he was like he looked like an elderly man with a walker going into his. No, that the walker room. was for show, though. You think? 
Yeah, it was because they they pictured him like the day after just walking. Oh, he was okay. doing it to try to get sympathy. Didn't oh, work. Okay. <laughs> Alms for the rich. <laughs> okay, okay, I have a I have a I have a sci-fi horror thing. This this will will, will take the place of my recommendation because we've talked about some that uh, that I that I love. I love dark. I love the box. I think they did a lot with their little idea and they did it well. But um, this this kind of touches on on your point of how how are they doing in jail now? It, uh, years ago, about fifteen years ago, in Edmonton, Alberta, there was a an aspiring sci-fi filmmaker who had uh, raised thirty five thousand dollars to make a Star Wars fan fiction film. I know. After after the fact, while that film was being edited, apparently it was just a giant hot mess. It was never released too, but they did. Film it. Yes. This Whoa. filmmaker's name was Mark Twitchell. His next project? Killing someone. Killing someone based on a screenplay that he was writing that tied him to these killings, that explained these killings. Uh, yeah. And it was inspired by uh, Dexter, right? Yes. Dexter. Oh, wow. But but he kind of revealed who he was to the police. And yeah. yeah. It's kind of a landmark case because they discussed the role, the influence that popular television has on on the killers. Yeah, I remember at the time that that, that happened, like mid two thousands, like two thousand eight, yeah. I think. And um, it was all over the news. Like you would watch Dateline NBC, and in fact, when they were filming for Dateline NBC, they were interviewing this this comedian <laughs> who I think he might have known Mark, and they were filming at my work, and I work at this military uh, armory in the South Side that oh, wow. most people have never heard of. And Dateline NBC was interviewing this comedian in relation to this Mark Twitchell story. Um, yeah, so yeah, really unfortunate that that guy died. And we have the same. We have the same alma mater. It, oh, uh, Vicomp. No, Nate. Oh, Nate. Okay. <laughs> like we right. with him, we have something in common with. Outside of that, we're both filmmakers. Yeah, we have another thing in program? common with. <laughs> yeah, and I think what it was, and it's not the murder. He wanted to film like a, like um, like a horror. Um, seen in like his garage in like Mill Woods. Yeah, but he cat he catfished then, these these people. He yeah, posed like as a woman. Yeah, yeah. He, well, so there's this 38 like, uh, like oil field worker, yeah, uh, you know who legitimately thought that he'd be meeting with this beautiful woman, uh, only to encounter Mark Twitchell and say, "Hey, you know, real uh, disappointment. Hey, can we film something?" That's... And you know, for this little you know horror film I'm making, and then. The guy died. Uh, I, 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 like That's I can't sad. describe how he died. Very graphic, but they, I know he was <sighs> beheaded, and they found his head. Um, it was something out of seven, right? They found it like um, uh-huh. in this bridge in, in Edmonton, like this little opening where he dropped Mark Twitchell dropped the head, and he even told the police, "Hey, this is where the head is. It, you know, it's in this bridge. You know, in this uh, area." Yeah. He got $35,000 to do a fan film of Star Wars. Yeah, I'll make I'll make two like real movies And with right that. now yeah. they are petitioning to have that footage released so that the world can finally see this horrible this garbage <laughs> fan Whoa. fiction film in its glory. Well, you, you know, keep in mind this was that also pisses me off. He got $35,000 to make a fan <laughs> I'm, I'm in gonna, 2005. Okay, I'm calling it right now. I'm going to make a feature soon with less than $35,000. Okay. You do it. You do it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So that's my downer of a story. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I think that part of the draw of horror is that it, it's like, oh, well, real life isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just relief by contrast. And now we are though. living through this everyday horror of a deadly disease that you that can't, you can't uh, see. see or 
touch or really feel and um it like like the, uh, the horrible part is that is that like yeah lots of people have died but we're finding now that even if you were infected and and people do make a recovery they're never the same again their quality of life is never the same again their lungs don't function as well they're they're, they're weaker uh than they were before uh they were infected and yeah now we're living in, in the social distance age where a lot of us are stuck at home behind a screen working and experiencing things people are getting married from a distance and or people no, are they're still having, weddings. having well, well i'm just saying like um and they're consummating have, them yeah um like like people don't have these big wedding celebrations they shouldn't yeah. have these big wedding celebrations th- at least weddings in alberta we're so. limited to 15 people for public gatherings that's all you need for a wedding come but, on people. Uh, yeah we're living a everyday horror um, depending on how you look at it right one of those is a glass half empty or is it half full? It's a horror, horror opportunity. At the, be- <laughs> at the beginning of the lockdown, the Invisible Man was one of the big like, um, uh, oh, we're doing a, uh, this was going to be in theaters, but we're going to do an at-home premiere. Right. You can get it on demand. And <laughs> it's just it, good. The remake with Elizabeth Moss, great film, but right. um, it's just interesting too. It was it was like they knew, like it's a movie about an invisible villain, like COVID. Yeah. <sighs> My recommendations are just John Carpenter. Some of them aren't <laughs> sci-fi. Some of them aren't horror. But just just go home and watch John Carpenter's movies. Absolutely. Not Escape from L.A. Escape from New York? Yes. Not Escape from... Well, okay. Watch Escape from L.A. for <laughs> knowing that you're going to laugh a lot. Ghost of Mars? I don't know. There's a remake of that, right? No. Ghost of Mars is from 2002. And it was. Oh, it's not okay. like a... What let's remake this movie? Oh, Ice Cube. That was just him. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, watch. Go home. Watch John Carpenter and listen to his music. Cool. Right. Yeah. Edmund. Oh yeah, they live. They fucking live. That I wouldn't call they live horror though. It's almost kind of a a, a comedy in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Edmund, do you have a recommendation? Trying to remember the name of I'm sorry I'm trying to remember okay. the name of the film but I know um one of the earlier podcast episodes uh, we were talking about our uh, our first uh, l- like awakening sexual awakening and uh, one of the films was Carrie and 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 not because of the opening scene where yeah you know it's in the locker room and um w- with all these young women but it's one of the scariest films because I was raised in a very Roman Catholic family where we have statues of Jesus and crucifixes all over the house. And one of the creepiest scenes was when uh, Carrie, who was raised by a very religious fundamentalist uh, mother, forces her to pray. And there's some sort of kind of Jesus-like statue. Very scary. And it scared me because um, I also had a statue of Jesus in the room uh, that I slept in when I was really young. And I could not go to bed that night Fearing that statue and after watching Carrie. And of course, the end scene, right? I won't spoil it for you, where, um, (laughs) you know, one of the uh, main characters is visiting Carrie's grave. And, you know, it it was a late 70s film or mid 70s film. And there always has to be that kind of shock jump ending that was Mm -hmm. so emblematic of 70s, 80s films. But 
yeah, well, one of those films uh, that I will revisit every now and then, and it still scares me to this day. And that is kind of science fiction because telekinesis and right. even more in depth yeah, in powers. the Stephen King book was very explicitly yes. explored as a scientific phenomenon. And um, 1976 Carrie by Brian De Palma, so not the remake with Chloe Moretz that came out in 2012 or What about the TV or, movie version? I didn't like that either. Even though but, it was clo- supposed to be closer to the novel, but right? The, but did, I but, can't even remember but, it. Did, what did you think of the prom sequence? I'd have to watch it. I, I watched the prom it sequence years ago. is pretty good. Yeah, not the Chloe Grace Moretz one. Like, the, the like they TV really one. shit the bed on that. Yeah. But the the um the made for TV one, the prom sequence goes on. It feels like most of the movies the prom sequence, mm-hmm. which is really what you want. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, that's my pick, and along of course with the. Uh, Classic uh, William Friedkin film, uh, The Exorcist. Yeah. You know, uh, either the original or the 2000 touched up remastered version. Which they are showing in Metro Cinema. This hour is mine. Oh, yes. Originally, they were going to do the voice that they got um, act Linda Blair to do the voice. And it wasn't working, so they got this. she was an 11-year-old kid. Yeah, because she was 11. <laughs> but they got her to do... They, they got her to lower her voice and then they tried to process it, like slow it down and it still wasn't working. So they got this um, voice actor who chain smoked and ate raw eggs to get... <laughs> <laughs> raw eggs. Oh, what an excellent day for an exorcist. Was it a woman or That's a man? Crazy. I forget. That must have been the gnarliest phlegm. I think yeah. it was a man. Oh, okay. What an excellent day for... Yeah, I'm going to go to the exorcist with you. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Wow. I can't back down from that. I love yeah. 70s horror. Did uh, did you have a recommendation or you want to end it on the uh, he, Death Note? Uh, he read out his list <laughs> yeah. of like seven movies. That's true. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say dark. I mean, if, if cool. people, dark. people, you've heard of it. It's so it's so good. How do you say it's dark in German? Dark. You <laughs> can't just put an accent and say this is dark. how you say it. It is the, it is the same word. Is it? Uh, okay. Some German Whoa. words. That are, makes sense. Like warm. Warm is the same because cool. English is uh, derived from German. Nine. And that's where uh, Gothism originated, right? The Goths? The Goths, well, yeah. From the, the original Goths. So, so were OG. your ancestors Goths? Yeah. Yeah, they were darker people. Appar- <laughs> apparently, they're also the originators of the Illuminati, which is now uh, supposedly in America. So That's right. Yeah. Yes. Good job, Anthony. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, my, my recommendation is High Life. I already said it, but if you're kind of like, oh, uh, Halloween and darkness and sci-fi and you're kind of drained, please go watch Hubie Halloween on Netflix. It is Adam I, Sandler's. I got to check out this. Uh, no. It is Adam Sandler's. No, I will Let not. Let me have my piece. Adam Sandler's <laughs> latest film. It is just a fun hilarious time of course he's being his idiot adam sandler self but there's some <laughs> honestly hilarious moments and some semi heartwarming ones too so it's and an adam sandler movie that'll cleanse your sorry i'm that. sorry you didn't talk over <laughs> is me, it better than a lot of his uh netflix movies yeah, actually it, it is <laughs> it's pretty good wow. you know the the my favorite netflix adam sandler movie was the brief period punch drunk love by an actual oh, yeah. director was yeah. on because <laughs> that has that okay oh, yeah. I, no i'm d- i'm just oh, talking about oh, yeah. okay, okay. punch drunk love that's it <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
That's maybe a segue That's a Netflix film? Episode. No, it was it was it, like it, on Netflix on for a brief oh, period. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I'm like, that came out before Netflix was invented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, great That's movie. a great movie. And it uses a song from, as its theme, it uses a song from Robert Altman's Popeye. Oh, whoa. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, gentlemen, this has been a lovely, fun, and wonderful podcast. We should just do horror movies all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different subgenres. I need to watch. No, uh, next time we have to do the opposite of horror movies. Which um, are musicals? Children's movies? A uh, gay erotic? No, movies? there's there's chil- there's ch- there's children. To- oh, I I would say comedy. Okay. Horror oh, comedy? interesting. Because comedy, in a lot of ways, has a very visceral reaction the same to right. horror, but also it's just, it's kind of the opposite. You're scared, you laugh. Make mm-hmm. you laugh, it'll make you cry, <laughs> make you wonder why. I'm Gerardo Ramos. <laughs> Signing off. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Foils and ghouls. Have a spoo- happy Halloween and a spectacular time. Wait, I'm going to do a mashup. When you get to my Remember on The Simpsons on Valentine's Day, the radio DJ kept accidentally playing. <laughs> this is low key a fucking bop. Like, like when this comes on, everyone cuts the fucking floor. Like they're ripping up carpet. Okay, wait, I'm gonna mash it up with this. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween. Bye. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Happy belated Halloween. Great. <laughs> 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 <laughs>